Welcome to Let Me Introduce Myself. My name is Sekou Lalo. And I'm Maxine Paul. And we are pulling back the layers of black male humanity to look at what's true, what's authentic, what's deep. Co-creating space for black men to explore their humanity, blackness, maleness, and everything in between to fully introduce themselves. Brian Buck, a 6'4 black man who loves to bring people together, knows what it means to transition. On the cusp of moving from Portland to Atlanta, Brian anticipates the unexpected as the pandemic numbers rise and the 2020 election is a month away. A basketball lover and former employee of the NBA, Brian is always asking the question, how can we all win? Come join us as we discuss how to let go of the old and prepare for the new. Let me introduce myself. Welcome to Let Me Introduce Myself. My name is Sekou Laidlo, and this is Maxine Paul, and we have the honor of welcoming Brother Brian Buck into the house. And we just want to say welcome to Let Me Introduce Myself, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. So the thing we have to start out with, of course, is what named our podcast. So we want to give you a chance to just introduce yourself, however you would like to do it. Okay. My name is Brian. My friends call me Buck. This is my last name, but my friends call me Buck. My people at work call me Buck. And uh, originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota, but have a lot of roots in the South, especially in GA and Alabama. Right now, though, where I live currently is Portland, Oregon, but I'm making the transition actually next week to Georgia. I got a new job. So I used to work for the NBA. I used to work for the Portland Trailblazers. So now I'm about to do medical device sales. What else? Super low key, dude. I don't know. Thirty seven now, so it's not like I, you know, I want to go out and party all day and all that stuff and get lit. Like, but <laughs> just super chill, you know. Outgoing guy. I'm part of the LGBTQ community. You know, I'm spiritual, but I'm not. But I'm, I'm not religious as much as I used to be growing. Like I used to be growing up, Southern Baptist. So I'm a sports guy. Love my sports, Minnesota sports. So you know, I got the T Wolves and. You know, the Vikings, even though I don't watch much football these days for obvious reasons. But no, I just, that's, I mean, I mean, that's me in a nutshell. And I love my friends. I love my family. And uh, yeah, that's me. That's good stuff. Appreciate that. I got to ask the question, were you a Stephon Marbury fan back in the day? Actually, I am. I had his autograph. I ran into him. I don't know. I got his autograph on a ticket. And uh, he used to date this girl I went to church with that I used to sing in the choir with. And she didn't know who he was. And I was like, that's Stephon Marbury. What you mean? You know? But yeah, I was a Steph. I was a Steph in K- and a KG fan. I'm still a KG fan. Actually, I'm still a Steph fan too. Oh. That was a that was a tandem right there. Like that was a potential tandem. dynasty. But yeah, I mean, you know, cats and cats and personalities and you know, what was it? Yeah, they were just they weren't showing Steph love here and they showed Kevin Garnett love and eventually had to get rid of him. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. before they lose value on them, and then he got a championship in Boston, which hurt, that, that hurt my heart a little bit. So, uh, uh, yeah, good stuff. Congratulations on the job. I'm sure you're excited about it, and we we look forward to have you come down to the ATL for sure. Yeah. I'm a basketball lover. I'm a basketball lover, so that's all good. We could talk about that all day. Also, I'm, like when I work for the Blazers, you could like any place you go to have a team, pretty much they'll plug it on tickets. But it'd be a discount on a free pair of tickets, you know, you know, because it's such a small community. 
So I just definitely was already as soon as I hit, as soon as I got the job, I was like, hey, let me let me know. You know, I quit, and then I let my the president know and the lady who like gives up the tickets to the players' teams. Let mm-hmm. her know that like, hey, keep me in the loop because I would love to like try to get some. Hey, right, 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 right. That's <laughs> right. Front row seats. Whatever seats, but yeah, I'll be nice. Cool. We go deep a little bit early. So I'm just going to ask you, Brian, how you feeling today? And not just the surface, but like, how are you really feeling today? Great question. Well, there's a few different levels today for me. I'm in this new job, so I'm in this training. So I feel confident about, I feel very confident about what I've been, you know, learning so far. So my confidence is pretty high. Also voted today. So I, did, I put in the absentee vote because I don't get to, I won't be able to, you know, vote when I get to GA. But I'm kind of like, I'm just kind of, I'm in a space where it's like I'm leaving a lot of people. I'm leaving a close, very close person in my life and trying to figure out how to navigate these feelings because I've never really had to do that before. And so I've been on the phone quite a bit with some friends, just trying to talk about it, talk it out. But I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm trying not to let the negativity or the fact that it's going to be difficult. You know, the days are counting down so I move. Like, it's going to be difficult once uh, him and I separate. So that's kind of where, where my mind is a little bit right now. And so trying to just trying to navigate that, not trying to let it like, like get me down. My future is bright, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to focus on that light at the end of the tunnel, but where I'm at immediately is just kind of, it's taking a little bit of my energy. I talked to my mom a little bit today, so that was good. But like, other than that, man, that's what I'm trying to figure out and uh, work through. Yeah, I'm just kind of in this weird space of like, feel good about work stuff, feel good about my friends. This relationship stuff's kind of rough. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at today. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. It was a tough thing to go through. In my life, I moved a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, even I separated when I left college, I separated with Steph. Like, that was the big point. It's like I graduated because I met her my senior year, graduated, and we separated. And we were doing long distance. And I was like, fresh out graduate, new city, had money, and I was having fun, but I was also, there's something missing this whole time. So, it's a tough thing, but like in either way, we always said it can work out how it's supposed to work out if we put the effort in. Yeah, I believe in that. I believe in that. I mean, yeah, I believe in that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in that. It's, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I don't know if those thoughts, feelings, those concerns are on the other side of the table. So yeah. it has to be reciprocated. But it's a journey of growth. <laughs> I know. I always feel like that's why I think about my emotional growth and intelligence and like just understanding those types of feelings like for the most part i mean i've never really navigated down this path before but like talking about it is where i'm at like i've been trying to talk about it i'm only getting on one side so i am i just don't know i feel like i get that like i get that i don't know and that's okay not to know and so therefore like trying to work it out as best we can but i would kind of feel like it's only on one side of it all so i get that because i was the other guy so I had fucked up. That's what I'm being honest. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like what I try to put out there is like, it's about growth. I think about growth professionally, growth in every, every aspect of my life. I think about growth, you know what I'm saying? And I don't think a lot of people, no matter where you fall at on the spectrum of gender, sexuality, anything like that. Like, I don't think a lot of people are like in tune with, with that and that can make things tough. Because you're, you know, you start running into people who don't have that and everything else goes out the window. Looks, 
being physical with each other, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff goes out the window when you just don't have that. You know, if you're not in touch with your emotions and you're not, I'm saying be soft. You know, I'm yeah. not like being like, oh, this is how I feel. This is what's going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you're not in touch with that, it's, it, it can make a lot of your platonic relationships, your physical relationships very difficult. And then that's where you run into like bad boundaries and shit. So, all right, dropping gems already. Now, now, I have a question. What is it that makes you who you are? Hey, okay, this is this is real. Okay, oh man, <laughs> what is it that makes me who I am? Just bringing people together, you know, finding that like common, finding some commonality between people. I try to find that amongst people I engage with amongst bringing other people together. So I try to make sure like I'm a connector. Like I want to make sure I can connect people and connect people and connect them in the right way, but like just and connect people, you know? So I would say for me, like being a connector is huge. Is, is it cliche now to say like, I'm just always rooting for, for everybody that's black, you know? So yeah, it's not right. And it's like, it's something that I'm always like being in Portland. Like I always knew I was black. Maybe this is not what answering your question, but I, I've always knew I was black. When I came to Portland, man, that's when I knew I was black. And uh, ever since, a few different experiences, like from microaggressions, just flat out racism, you know. Yeah, got a group of friends. I got white friends, I got black friends, I got Hispanic friends. You know, I got everything across the spectrum. I want everybody to be successful, I want everybody to be happy, but I want my people to be even more happy and more successful. Not taking from anybody else, you know. I just think about the different times where I had opportunity to support somebody that wasn't being supported, whether it be at work or on the community. And Maybe it wasn't a thing to do or whatever, or people were scared, or, but I found myself doing it by myself with that person, supporting them, making sure that they felt like they had somebody in their corner. Because I know what it's like not to have somebody in your corner, especially when you buy yourself in a new city. You know, when you go to a job and everybody has a little clicks, you play on a sports team. I was on a softball team here and there was like a group of people were like in the dugout, but like I was sitting on one end and these guys that all knew each other would sit on the other end and only engaging with themselves. It just felt like there's definitely no team bonding or chemistry in, in that instance, but it definitely felt like, you know, I'm just out here by myself. And so for me, like connecting people, rooting for black folks, I want people to see that. And I want that to be a, something that they say, yo, he'll always have your back no matter what, like no mm -hmm. question. And that's always been like, I've been trying to like live that way every day, every day, ever since I moved out here. I was young when I was in Minneapolis, young minded, wasn't responsible, being 20s, you know, I'm saying, I don't know. It just, it's when I moved out here, that's how I just, that's the path I wanted to take for folks to like remember me by or, you know, say, hey, I remember when Brian did this, he really had my back at that time because I really needed support or he connected me with this person and I really appreciate it because it's got me to this point. Those are the few things that I feel like are the makeup of me. I got you. Yeah, that's good. Portland experience is for a black person, you never have so experience. You're really black. <laughs> you, had, you, you had the same thing, Maxine, you, you realized how black you were yes. in Portland? I always said it was like a portal. When you like come into the city, you're like, it's a whole new world. And <laughs> I think I learned a lot. And I was like, gotta go. It's not a Disney whole new world. It was like a whole new world. Wow. When someone walks up to you and says, oh, I never expected you to live in Portland. Like, it just was one of those like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I now like, I kind of understand, but like, it was still it was one of those things where like, do I not belong here? Do I, is this not a place I could thrive and grow? You know what I'm saying? So it just was like, yeah, if you don't know your blackness, you definitely figured out your blackness here real quick. Or if you didn't feel like, I mean, Minneapolis was a Minneapolis, it's whatever, but like being here, like being one of few minority black, like black people 
in certain rooms, in certain restaurants, in certain bars. You just, you figured it out very quickly. I mean, I kept my ass in my house for the most part, or kept it, went to a house party. And even then, and sometimes you'd have to, and eventually I got to the point where I got cop enough to say, you know what, I just don't want to, why don't you want to go? I just don't want to be the only black person there. I know that's what it's going to be like. And I'm just like, not, I'm not trying to have the questions. I'm not trying to deal with any of that bullshit. I'm not trying to like speak for a whole community. I'm not trying to do any of that stuff, you know? And plus I can't, and who, who's going to have my back? Because both of y'all some bitch ass motherfuckers anyway. I mean, that's kind of, I went, <laughs> I just started flip real quick. Like, wait, can't go that deep. But, you know, sometimes I just have to throw it out there. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> oh, I get it. You're going to have a good ride to Atlanta. you about to get I some good it. black. Shoot, I mean, I'm just hyped about, yeah. It's really interesting because moving from Minnesota, right? So Minnesota's, you know, not as diverse as, mm-hmm. it's not as diverse, right? It's like, it's probably white. You know, mom and dad moved up there, whatever, from, from Port Gibson, Mississippi, and Talladega, Alabama. So we got my parents up there. Schools were cool. My people were the minority in some of the in my high schools and, and everything up there. It was it was a Latino community and black folks and Asians were sparse. White kids were sparse. You know, it wasn't a lot. My mom, she just kept us at church. So then you're also insulated by the church people, which were all pretty much rather. I think it was, for me, it was my aunt, her best friend, who who her grandson was my best friend. So then you were just insulated with all black folks with no white people coming in at all. When I tell you that my experience about white people, and I don't, maybe y'all have the same experience too, I had things in my head like white people didn't spit, white people didn't do all, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I had this weird, like, I don't know, whatever idea of whiteness that was presented to me through the lens of my community, from my parents coming up from the South to them being enslaved at the church, like, I, I didn't, I had no idea. Like white to me was real, I didn't see whiteness until I, I mean, I mean, to my teachers, to my elementary school teachers, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? High school teachers. I think I had one black, oh no, I had, no, actually when I went to high school, I take that back, my first high school, I had maybe had, I had like two or three black teachers growing up. One was a gym teacher at my elementary school. I had one high school teacher that was black. I think I had two high school teachers that was black. And that was in a Sumatech program, which was in North Minneapolis, which was like, I mean, that's where the black population was in Minneapolis, was North Minneapolis. Everybody there went to, was from Chicago. Everybody from there was from Chicago. Like, where are you from, Chicago? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, that was my experience growing up. And then we were in Portland, and it's like, oh, shit, you black as hell. And this is why it's <laughs> It sounds like I'm hearing a theme, Brian, just in terms of you, your connector, and then, you know, you're going to have your people's back for sure. It sounds like you are a really strong empath. You empathize for people, and which is part of the connector piece which seems like one of the roles you play just in terms of bringing people together. What are some of the other roles that you play? Why? And how do they impact who you are? I feel like lately, in the last couple of years, I went from little brother to older brother real quick. I'm the baby of five. I think now that I got a voice, you know, I speak up when I see BS in the fam. Because everybody's now coming to me for questions and wants to know how they should handle stuff. And it's like, all of a sudden, I went from the person who was like, you know, you're young, be quiet, be seen, not heard, to now being the person that needs to give out all the advice, confront the infrastructure of our family in a way that is, you know, is hard, especially when you're 1,500 miles away in another state. You know, it's just like, now I'm this person that has to almost be like the leader of, of the family. I got three older sisters and one older brother. Like, my brother is 11 years older than me, and he's off in his own world. And there's other things going on in too, but it, like, it's hard for him to be present watching the relationships that my sisters have developed, you know, and how it's changed 
who they are. Or maybe it's not changed who they are. Maybe it's that's who they are. But like still trying to empower women, my sisters, and still be the brother, but also try to support what they're trying to do within their own personal lives. You know what I'm saying? Without telling them what to do, right? Because I, you know, I want to empower them. So without telling them, like being a parent to them or something like that. Like that's one piece of it. Also, like being one of the few people who just like who want to speak up, who want to, you know, call things out. Not everybody has that ability. Not everybody has that comfort level in public spaces. And I understand when there's times to be a leader and understand the times to be silent and let other people lead. But it's one of those things where I feel like it's a lot of pushing, more nudging of me being more of a more vocal person, being more vocal of a leader, even within my own community. When sometimes you just, I just want to sit back and just like let everybody else do their thing. Cause it's like, I don't need to like speak up all the time. I don't particularly care to be the center of attention either. So it's like, I just want to lay back in the cut, drink my Pinot, post up. But sometimes that's not the case. And I feel like that's pushed me. And I think that's also what how it affects my relationships because I, you know, now I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to get up and do my thing. You know, these are the, these are the facts. Are you on board or you're not on board? Okay. You ain't on board. I'm out. You're on board. I can work with you. And that can be a little bit difficult pill for people to swallow, especially when they're, they just are not wired that way. So how do you engage? How do you interact with this type of person? So, yeah, I mean, everything from, you know, those two things to me being a leader, uh, you know, that just adds to the, you know, the multi dimensions of me. Sounds like it can be a little stressful at times too, trying to manage all of that. Oh man, many nights of, many nights of just, you know, crying by yourself, crying by yourself. And then trying to also like develop healthy habits so that you don't, you don't want to fall in the trap, especially if you know things, right? Like my dad was an alcoholic. My dad's dad was an alcoholic. My brother, he struggled with alcohol. You know, he's gotten away from a little bit. I had a, for a little bit of a split second, it felt like I had an issue. And so like, just trying to make sure that I avoid those bad habits to try of coping. Or I wouldn't say they're bad habits. It's just not healthy for me. You know what I'm saying? Some people can have a drink and be good. I know that one drink for me isn't just one drink sometimes. So, you know, many nights of trying to manage that stuff. And, and like I said, I'm not religious, but I pray. So a lot of just basic little prayers <laughs> just, to get, get, just to get through the day, man, just to get through the day sometimes. That's, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Got you. Got you. No, no, no. You're, you're, no, you're good. You're, you're perfectly fine. It's all good. I got something to bring some energy out of you. Gotcha. What is one thing you often want to say out loud that you hold in? Man, I don't know. There's a phrase I always want to say, like, man, I was like, man, fuck that bitch. Just like, I always want to say that. I was like, always want to say that. Like, just say, man, just, or just bitch. I just want to, I just want to just, I don't know. Sometimes I just want to just call it out every time I see it, you know, and I know you, you just can't. <laughs> it's like, or my other favorite was like, and I actually have said this. I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just. I don't know why. I just, it just, well, yeah, I do know why. It's just because they all do some dumb shit. And I'm just like, what do you, you, and they know they better than that. It's like, what are you doing? Like, why would you be so, that was stupid. Or why are you doing some stupid shit? Like, why are you even coming to me like that? I don't even know. You know, I'm not going to respond to that. I'm going to respond with this kind of attitude and this kind of, you're going to, I'm going to make you feel bad about yourself. And now you're going to be mad at me and making you feel bad. Like, (laughs) what type of, you don't have to say a particular person. What type of person are you talking to? Man, I'm just talking about anybody that I, that just rolls like just, okay. just anybody that just you know what when I move to Atlanta I'm sure I'll see it and you're like, you like what is going on? It's good to get it out, be honest about it. 
Yeah, I mean, let's. I'm gonna be honest, man. Some of us don't. Some of us are not brave enough to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I'm not. You know, usually I'm not. I'm not paying attention half the time because I'm just like, you know, I was. Are you guys on TikTok or any of those social medias? The additional, the newest social media stuff. Not on the new ones. Why? What are we? Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, that's and, that's about as far as and, I got. No, you're on Facebook. You got the Facebook going. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook is old though. Yeah. Oh man, everybody's Facebook. telling me drop Facebook. Everybody's saying drop yeah. Facebook, drop Facebook, exactly, yeah. Instagram and Twitter. Well, I got I got on this. I got on TikTok over COVID, right? Because you know you just start getting into shit. So <laughs> like, all right, let's see what this is all about. And there, and I just came across this dude that goes, he goes, you see me? And he goes, you see me? And he goes, are you in my business? Don't do that. <laughs> don't get in my business. And it's. It, I don't know why I find it funny, but it's just like, that's what I think about. Like, sometimes I'm like, I see that person over there. I don't want to be in their business anyway. So I hardly, I don't want to be paying attention, man. Especially, like, to be present. I'm always trying to be present. So, especially when I'm out with my friends, I'm always trying to be present. Because I just, I mean, I want to know what's going on in your day, what's going on in your life. Like, I want to hear whatever stories you got. I want to get to know you. And so, like, yeah, that just keeps me, that kind of stuff keeps me grounded and keeps me present. So, I don't stress too much. I'm going to ask this question. What dreams do you have, Ron, that you feel have been hindered because, and this would be an interesting, I'm curious about this, because you are a black man, if any. And if it's not dreams, maybe opportunities, because you're a black man. Man, that's a great question. I, I never really, well, actually, I would have to say colorism has come into my life more in the workspace here before I got this job, I'm pretty sure it will come into play when I start the new gig. But but just like colorism, just amongst other black men, and actually in just ignorance of white people, but everything of like, there's a one, was one example was a management role. There was a management role that was available with the Blazers in the job I was in. I was a corporate sales manager. So I, I sold all these companies, Nike, Intel, Adidas, season tickets, boxes, suites, whatever. And me, and my two lighter skinned colleagues went for this role. And, uh, you know, at the time, the person I was hiring was an older white man, and uh, he was our vice president of our department. And uh, we all went for the role. My colleague, Carrie, got it. Carrie, great guy. Like, again, I support everybody black, whatever. I was good with that. But what I noticed, what I felt like, I almost felt like, well, first of all, I thought I had the better management skills, leadership skills. I had management experience on my resume coming into the role. I mean, just being, you know, coming into the Blazers. And uh, I kind of felt, that I was seen as a threat or a little bit too intimidating. I'm 6'4", big dude, you know, football player, basketball player. And my presence, even my, my presence, I even asked my, my VP at the time, I was like, yo, you know, it's like, I always get this vibe that I, I come off too aggressive. And, you know, he was just like, you know, you might want to stand bladed to somebody so that you're not full on face to face with them, you know, because that your presence can be overpowering. Same person, then this is the same person that gave me that advice is the person that hired Carrie. It just felt that because Carrie, I felt that Carrie being more light skinned and a closer hue to the what my, my white vice president made it more comfortable for him and more safe for him to hire Carrie. So, okay, whatever. Well, then another developmental role came. I'm all about growth. And my colleague, Kevin, light skinned brother, him and I went for it and felt like I had the same attitude, you know, whatever. But then he got the role. Guy who hired that one, the, him, white man. And I always felt like my size, because I've always been referred to as the big black guy. I'm loud. 
or like my sister likes to say, I have a speaker's voice. And so I always felt like those few characteristics of me, those traits that I present has always been something that's like, you know, kind of a, yeah, we like this, but I don't know how you're going to come off to the masters. And so therefore I feel as if, you know, I'm going to go with something that I feel comfortable and safer with. That's just like, you know, within my job, I know how I carry my, I think I carry myself well. I know I carry myself well. I, I don't think that I come off in a way that is intimidating or anything like that, but like your nonverbals, people's nonverbals towards me say otherwise always felt like that. That's always stopped certain conversations or took conversations on a different path for me. So I wouldn't say necessarily anything like a dream of mine has been taken away, but as far as my development and growth, I think I didn't have to change myself, but I definitely had to relatively adapt to certain situations in order to make sure that, that I still could get my foot in the door. And then also then that's where I learned how to move, right? You just got to move and try to find the right people who, who don't step to that, like who don't step to those same feelings or thoughts or biases or stereotypes. Like you just, all right, you just got to try to find the right person or someone that could advocate for you. The other stuff for me has been things that I just know that just being black in America, I'm gonna have to figure it out. You know, my dad, he didn't leave me nothing when he passed away. Bunch of great lessons in life. Things clicked for me at 37. Like, oh, that's what he meant by that. Like, I think about my favorite one is be in the house before the lights come down, you know, before the street lights come on, right? I don't know if I necessarily knew about Sunset Towns. I don't know if I really necessarily knew about them when I was younger, because I don't think, I know I didn't know about them when I was younger. But like, when I finally learned about it and everything, little lessons like that clicked for me and what they were trying to do to protect me. But like, when it comes to like generational wealth, financial decisions that you decide to make, are you putting everything on a credit card? Are you paying cash? What are you doing? I didn't get a ton of those lessons. I had to learn those other places. And um, I, again, I don't necessarily feel my blackness has hindered that. I think, again, just having to find the right people who want to roll with me and help me be successful. That's a great example. I appreciate that even more. The colorism piece and the size. Respect. Yeah. Brian. Yes. What are you passionate about? Passionate about. You already said connecting people. Mm -hmm. Things like we're starting to get into dreamland. We're like, what are you dreaming about? <laughs> yeah. You know, for me, a lot of things revolve around community. At the end of the day, man, I just want my family, my friends. I want the people that come in contact with me and whatever. I just want to make that when they leave me, it's always that they're happy. I always want to be a positive impact. I think that's the biggest thing I'm passionate about is just making sure that I have a positive impact on my family, my friends, my community. I feel like all those things like, you know, add to a great legacy for when you pass away. You know, I, I just want to leave that impact on the world, the world that I was a part of before, I'm, you know, before you move on. So, I mean, I think, you know, just making sure that I have, a, a, you know, a strong, positive impact on the world that I'm a part of at the end of the day, wake up and try to embrace it as much as possible. At the same time, I understand self-care too. So at the same time, I just like making sure that I'm taking care of myself so that I can have that impact. And so I think about, I do think about that. I think about that a lot, for sure. Like that's, yeah, that's huge. What's your relationship with other black men and other black people who are not men? What is that like? Do you mean like people who identify as like cis males, cis females, people who are non-binary? That's the word I need. That yeah, no, see, that's why we set it up in the way. Yeah, that's a great question. So first off, it's like really, I don't know what I recognize in Portland, at least 
because this is where I really spent my formative adult years, right? I got out here when I was 29. And so I've been almost, yeah. And so I'm wrapping it up at 37. I still find it interesting with black men that it's one of these things, like, it almost feels like, what's your intention versus like, hey, what's up? Like, let's go hang out. Let's go kick you. Let's go watch the game. Let's get to know each other. Let's grow. Let's, you know, how can I help you be successful and whatever that means. But at the same time, though, you know, I, I've also find the other side where it's like one of my homies, Kevin, actually, he threw me a going away party. You know, him and I are best friends. You know, I've seen both his kids grow. I go to their birthday parties. I know his wife. And that's my guy. Like, we just, we vibe on every level. And I also try to meet people where they're at. So, like, my buddy from Kentucky, he doesn't roll in the same circles I roll in as far as, like, nonprofit world, politically, any of those things, you know, because a lot of that was, you know, just from a professional standpoint, you just got involved. I just got involved with that stuff. And I also found it very interesting. And that's totally fine, right? You know, me and him, that's my guy too. Like, I'm not going to let some white woman, for example, say to him or say to me about him, like, you know, he just got his hair braided. And I was like, yo, you look like you got your, you know, they, she pulled, she pulled your soul out of your head because you got to get those little tight ass braids, man. Especially the ones like right here. But you know, if you pull too hard, you can hear it in your ear, even though it's by, you know, braided. And this white lady says to me, doesn't it look great that he doesn't look like a nappy-headed gangster? And when I tell you I lost my shit, I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you will not be referring to my friend in any kind of way like that. This is in his house, too. So it's like, and that's not okay. I don't even know what you thought mm. you could say that for. Just told you. And then she's like, well, don't be, you don't have to be rude about it. And I was like, listen, I ain't being rude. If anyone's being rude, it's you. And she's like, well, me and him have that relationship. But, well, that's fine. But you and I will never have that type of relationship. And that's, you need to, like, you need to check yourself. And she was like, you know, it's just like one of those white men, because she has sex with a black dude who now she, now she has a black son, she feels like some entitlement to, some entitlement to the culture, like, in some weird way. I don't, I didn't, I'm just like, I just didn't, she didn't vibe. And I didn't think it was okay. I, well, I know it wasn't okay. And I'm just like, you got to. I'm not going to be kicking it with you. This ain't my house to kick you out of. And then she's like, well, I'm just going to leave. You're like, well, fine. <laughs> no one wants you here anyway. So it's like, you can go. One of my best friends is my friend Carol Collymore. You know Carol. Yeah, yeah, KC. And uh, me and her, I mean, we vibe. We started a run club here where we had our week in racism. So we'd walk around the waterfront and, you know, and talk about what's, what's been like us for, for the day. You know, because she worked in the state capitol. And I work for this NBA basketball team. Her being a woman, you know, a cis woman, and like dealing with all the things that come with her being a woman in a position of power, trying to make a difference. And a state written into its constitution doesn't want any of that to be successful at all. You know, and I learned a lot from her. I mean, I still learn to this day. I'm learning a ton from her. And I would say my relationship with women is, is, is great. Both women that identify that way and women who don't, or I'm sorry, persons who don't identify that way. I try to meet people where they're at. I want to learn about your culture or whatever it is that you're a part of that I don't have that, those same experiences in. And again, you know, my main theme is just try to grow. It was already hard enough growing up black, you know, before I was even in this world. And so the things that, you know, I was introduced to through my father's eye and from his scope of the world, there's a ton of great lessons, but a ton of fucked up shit too that you had to unlearn or not let settle into your spirit. Cause that kind of shit keeps you from, it just keeps you from meeting cool people, man. Like, you know, and just, I ain't gonna be the flavor for whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like I, it, it, I get it, you know, we ain't gonna vibe, but that's fine. But I always wanted there to be an opportunity there. Question for you before I get cut off again. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, we we can't deny the fact that we are in the COVID pandemic and a bunch of other pandemics, and uh, it's a lot going on. I mean, and the political climate is is off the charts, as we know. As of, I mean, it's, it's been off the charts, but yet that that debate that went to a whole different level of the two children that were debating. What kind of anxiety? What are you experiencing? Like being in the midst of all of this, the political climate, the pandemic, the uprisings, being in Portland as well. Yeah. What, what's your experience with that? You know, right now, I mean, COVID for me, like, I'm extroverted, but like partly introverted. So I know you, I'm sure y'all have heard like folks who are saying this being at home thing is great. Like, COVID for me, I took advantage of the things that the state offered, especially when it came to work, right? Because it's like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know I was going to get a new job, even though I had been trying for a minute. So I took advantage of every call people to see what their advice was. This is what I'm experiencing. What do you think I should do? You know, so I hopped on things like unemployment, you know, in the beginning to make sure that I was covered until my job decided to figure out what they were going to do. Even though I knew, like, at some point, and I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I was like, people are going to lose their jobs. We're sales folks. So, and the league is not coming back. Like, so for me, I'm like, okay, all right. So what does that mean, Brian? All right, that means we, we there's we like dial it back on a few things, and whatever that was. So for me, in that part, I mean, I just took a deep breath and was like, okay, let we, we can get this figured out. We'll get it figured out. We'll be okay. There was that piece when COVID hit, and then there then there was all the you know like I said, I'm from Minneapolis, so I went home. I didn't go home when when George Floyd died. It wasn't I didn't go home, but I was checking in because the riot. So where he died is at 38th in Chicago, right? So that is where my sister with my mom live like three or four blocks away from that area. And then when I heard that people were coming in from all over, causing rioting and stuff, it went beyond like marching in the streets, you know, as you guys already know. But then they were getting into neighborhoods and I'm just like, you know, what do I do? That part, that part of the COVID and like politics, you know, that that got me going. Because I was like, well, I need to go home. Well, you can't go home because you don't want to spread COVID if you may or may not have it. You know, and my mom was in that was in in the early in the early stages. But still, though, my mom's part of that demographic that is hypersensitive to it, right? So that could you know, and so like they want to bring it to her, you know, or to my sister or you know whatever. So it's like, and then what's it like on a plane? So you know, so that was playing into stuff. And then once you know, understanding masks and all that stuff, I started didn't I started going out on the streets and I started protesting here. The one thing I didn't do, though, is, and this is where I was like, okay, pay attention. People were getting jumped, like, at night. Like, whether you was white, black, gay, straight, whatever, by just random groups of, sounds like random groups of white people coming out of rural Oregon and rural Washington and coming from all over. And, like, I'm just like, I am not trying to be jumped. Every protest that I went to, unless I was with somebody, okay, Every post that I went to, I left before the sun went down. So back to what my dad told me, get your ass in the house before the sun get down, before she lights come on. And that was playing in my head constantly because I was like, there's, I, there have been times I was walking by myself from downtown back over to Southeast Portland to my car, you know what I'm saying? But I was out in the streets though, as often as I, as physically possible, like as often as I possibly could and make sure that I maintain my safety health wise and just my physical being. And then I started teaming up with colleagues from work to go protest. I did not go down and protest when the feds were in town. 
because people are going in, first of all, at, late at night. So they're, I'm not going out at night. And the fact that people get shot up, I'm not a small dude and people are carrying guns. I'm not carrying a gun, even though that thought came into mind. Like me and my boy was talking, me and my boy Kevin were like, yo, we, we can go to a shooting range, we can get our, we get registered, get our licenses. And then, you know, we go basically we get what we need to get. I sold my gun before I moved out of Portland. I know that. So I don't have my gun. I don't have a gun anymore. Those types of things are playing through my head. I also thought about there are other ways to protest. There are other ways to be effective. You know what I'm saying? So I tried to find other ways to do that, whether it be protesting or putting a message on social media or having a conversation with somebody who had questions. At the same time, though, taking care of my own mental health. Like, I'm not about to be here and sit here and talk to you about blackness all day. Mr. White Man, I don't, or whoever wants to, you know, I just wasn't going to do that either. And so for me, I just try to compartmentalize things that I took care of, things I could possibly take care of. But I try to compartmentalize a lot of stuff in order to just make sure I got through this. And I think a little bit in the beginning, and this is how I knew, again, going back to that hereditary stuff, I was going through cases of wine. Like in the right in the beginning, I was like, oh, okay, let's go through bottles of water instead, you know, or cans of LaCroix instead, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really had to, I really had to dial it back. Even like, I mean, my blood pressure went up. I was taking anxiety meds for a hot second. Like I was physically, my body, I, my body was doing stuff and telling me stuff. And so I really had to pay attention to that. And then I figured out a way to go work out safely with my girl, Carol. We started off in a parking lot, six feet apart, doing like little Nike workouts to when more people needed, was going through and needed to support. We took it up to a park and got into like a large, a relatively large circle to manage our stress and anxiety, get away from the computer, get away, you know what I'm saying? I just, I figured out a way to compartmentalize like everything from the COVID piece to the family piece, the political stuff to the riots and, and the protesting. So not to like, I don't know what hole I would be in right now if I didn't recognize that stuff. I mean, there's no one my own, you know, family history and my own history with with certain things. I never thought that I would have a blood. I'd be taking a blood pressure medication right now. I never thought that I ever try anxiety pills. And if you've never been on anxiety pills, it fucked me up. Like I was, I was lethargic. Like I just became lethargic. Certain parts of my body didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like with that stuff, I just was like, I just can't. I can't do that. I rather just. I rather work out three or four hours at a time mm-hmm. if I have to, in order to get through. I just, yeah. So I had to just. I figured out. Had to figure out ways to compartmentalize and take care of myself, so not let this thing kill me. Because this could physically kill you without yeah. even trying. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. I, I hadn't heard all of that much, and especially about the blood pressure and the pills and and all of that stuff. That's the first. So thanks for sharing that, because you you're representing some other people who have kind of gone through some similar things, and you know, kind of giving a a way to kind of deal with it as well, just in terms of your exercise and all of that stuff. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, that shit, it's, it was hard. It was really hard to like, it, that shit was hard, man. It was like the first three months was tough, straight up. Like, I'll never read a book, journal, like, watch a bunch. COVID hit and I was like, oh, snaps, you know, let's watch Living Single and watch 30 episodes of Living Single. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I tried to figure out stuff because it was bad for a hot second. It really was. It was really bad for a hot second. But you've evolved. Yeah. past it, you learned, grown. Yeah, it got to, man. Got no yeah. other choice. But that's good. That's amazing you did that. Now, I want to ask the last question. You know, I always think about the future. We're in a strange time right now. And I think, you know, I believe things are changing a lot. This is a time of transition. What do you want to happen outside of this transition? After this transition happens, what would you love to happen for yourself, for the world, 
or the city of Atlanta. I don't know. Whatever you think. Minneapolis. <laughs> what, do, cool. what do I want for the future? At the end of the day, I just want, I just want to see us thrive, grow, and excel. I keep hearing there's a first. There's a first this, a first that. That's real. Like, there should be. Like, we, it, it's a long, it, it shouldn't be first in 2020 of anything. And I, I really want to just see our community, the black community, the culture. I want to see us grow. I want to see us continue to progress and move forward. I just don't want to, I just don't want white folks and non-POCs. I just don't want people to look at us all cockeyed and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm supposed to be here just as much as you're supposed to be here. The one thing I've been saying a lot of was, you know, during this time, you know, especially in the job professionally and stuff like that. It's like, when I get up and when I eat, you gonna eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to take nothing out of y'all's mouth at all. I think that, you know, when I eat, you eat. And that's how we need to, I think that's how we need to see it, you know, because we just, we all have so much to offer. It doesn't mean that we all can't, we all can't get to the top. You know, this is not enough room. Well, shit, let's make some motherfucking room. We got, we got some smart people out there that can engineer some shit, and, you know. Right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Engineer <laughs> some shit and just like, let's come up here and kick it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, that is not a problem and that is not something that we should not be able to do. And that's what I like to see for the future, man, like this. And people understanding that, like. We talk about power, man. I talk about it. At, I was talking about my old job. I always ask, like, leadership, you know, leadership was like, you know, like this, right? At the top, you got all these old white men running shit. And then as you get down to the front line people, it's all types of people down here. I was like, okay, why are you guys up here so afraid of bringing these people up with you? You know, why are you so afraid of that? What keeps you from, you know, looking at that lady over there, that black lady over there, or that woman? And bringing her up there with you, especially the person of color, like what's what's wrong with that? What's wrong with putting more people in position? You talk about you talk about diversity, you talk about equity, you talk about inclusion. Okay, my guy just told me quit the Blazers. He was a VP actually in one of the departments, and he's like he went for a role that would have been like second in command to Chris McGowan, which is the president. He's now the president of Vulcan. He's been president to basically the vice president of the Trailblazers organization, and he goes. Anthony had said to me, he goes, Chris told me that between me and this other guy, white dude, it was, a, it was like, I could put my, I could put both your names in a hat. It was that close and I could have just picked either one of you guys. And it was like, how did that go? Every time you put two names in a hat that are so close that the same person comes out, same person comes out all the time. It makes no sense to me. And it's like, what are y'all afraid of? There's nothing to be afraid of. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of history. Motherfuckers is mad. But you know what I'm saying? But there's nothing to be afraid of. I just want to grow and I'm going to be at the top too. Everything about from this move to the career changes is all about growth. Because I want to be able to go home and say, mom, you can come live with me. You can have this part of the house to yourself. You know, my sisters need to move, you know, get out of their situation. Come kick it with me. Come live with, you know, whatever. My nieces and nephews who are going through it. What you guys are experiencing because of how your parents grew up through the lens of your mom and dad. Because of my mom and dad, um, your uncle didn't grow up like that. A little bit in the beginning. But once he got away, like once he moved on and realized, like, I'll tell my nieces and nephews, go to Europe, go to another country, experience the cultures out there. It's so different. And you'll come back to the United States and shit will be like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, and then from there, watch yourself grow. Watch what cool really looks like. Like whatever you're doing right now, you think it's cool? Great. But like once you experience life and situations and people and that's when the real cool comes in. I swear. I I appreciate that opportunity that I could, you know, I gave myself. Save up a little couple couple coins, go over to go over to Europe, you know, and check out the surrounding countries out there. Like it is, yeah. So I just want to see us all be at the top, and I want to see us grow and be happy. That's what's up.
It sounds like you're about to take a couple of journeys, one geographically as you make your way to Atlanta. You got a mental journey, emotional journey, dealing with leaving some people that you are really close to and, and emotionally tied to, your connector, your empath. You're always trying to have folks back. And at the end of the day is enough for everybody is what you believe. Stop trying to block. That's real. Man, that's what I say. This is go. Let's let's take over. Let's do what we let's do what we were put on this earth to do, right? That's like right. Be, and be great. Like that's all. Why can't we all be great? You know what I'm saying? And whatever that looks like for you. My greatness may look different than your greatness, but we all can be great, right? You know, I, I don't ever try to impose my thoughts and feelings on other people like that. Everybody's on their own journey, but we all can be great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we had the honor of kicking it with Brian Buck, who was on his way down to the ATL, and uh, this is Let Me Introduce Myself. And uh, brother, we look forward to seeing you when you get down south to the dirty, dirty. To the dirty, dirty, I can't the wait. I'm about, do my, I'm about to do my little <laughs> dance at the 30-yard line with the dirty person. Yep, they really do that here. Man, thanks for having me on. We appreciate all of that, Brian. You're showing what it looks like to transition and to evolve and grow. You're making some major transitions during this pandemic of pandemics, and you're doing it brilliantly. We appreciate your insight and reflection on your growth, even during the lockdown, to find healthy behaviors that resist the virus that's still raging across this country. I hope our listeners take a lesson from you and your strength. This is another episode of Let Me Introduce Myself. Look out for the next episode coming soon. Thanks.